Welcome to New Creation Ministry Sermon Podcast. This week, Pastor Mark shares with us that disciplining ourselves to do everything by God's word is a daily necessity. When we obey the word, his miracles will come and will ultimately be a blessing to everyone we encounter. Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus, and we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you're here with us right now. We thank you for every brother and sister in Christ that's here today. We thank you for every person that's seeking Christ today. We thank you for the person who's not even sure what they want to do, but they're here. We pray that you would meet each and every person right where they are and walk them closer to you today. Lord, as we go into your word, you know what each individual needs, you know what we need as a body. We pray, God, that you would give us eyes to see you, that you would give us ears to hear you, and you give us grace to respond to you. In Jesus' name, the church says amen. Amen. How's everybody doing? Great. It's good to see you all. I'm glad to see that you all survived the weather. I think uh, we had canceled last night, always on safety first, worried about ice. I think there were some Ravens fans who've been praying and interceding that we would cancel service. So I was trying to block all those prayers, but mercy said no. So, Hey, uh, one more announcement just for um, our youth. Um, our youth, we're going to have a, um, last year we had a conference it's an um, apologetics conference. It was really powerful for our youth. And um, what we're trying to do, we're trying to raise some money for them so they have to pay as little as possible. So if you're willing, we're trying to raise $3,000. We raised $3,000. All the youth can go. Very, no one would get left behind. So if you're willing to be a part of that, can you please um, go to text to give and put something in there and just put youth behind it? Or stand up, Rachel. Rachel is our youth director. You can give it to Rachel. Um, if you want to give her something, or you can put a check in the box out there. Um, but anything that you give will be a blessing to our youth. Um, it was a powerful conference for them last year. We want to make sure they get to go again. Amen? Amen? Cool. We are going to jump into the Word today. And today, we're going to be talking about discipline. Discipline yourself to go to God's Word. Discipline yourself to go to God's word. That's what our fast has been about. We've been taught, focused on discipline. And we're going to start with Luke chapter 11, verse 24 to 28. When an impure spirit comes out of a person, it goes through arid places seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the house swept clean and put in order. Then it goes and takes seven other spirits more wicked than itself, and they go in and live there. And the final condition of that person is worse than the first. As Jesus was saying these things, a woman in the crowd called out, Blessed is the mother who gave you birth and nursed you. He replied, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Amen. Today is going to be a little bit of a teaching day. So you might get a lot of notes on the screen. You don't have to feel like you got to try to write them all. We will put them all on Slack. Um, if you ever need them, you can always contact Diana and she can get them to you. I always say write down the thing that impacts you instead of trying to write down everything. What's the thing that grabs your spirit? Um, here, here Jesus is teaching a, a scripture that kind of 
seems out of place when you when, when you when it jumps out. He's teaching about when an unclean or impure spirit comes out of a person. And he says, if that person remains empty, that spirit will come back with seven more spirits, more wicked than itself, and set up residence in that person. And it says that that person's final condition will be worse than it was at first. So it starts with the first question as we go through this, what are impure or unclean spirits? Demons. The demonic. It's not Hollywood. You know, it's very weird in the church world when you hear the word demons, people in the church get like freaked out. But if you read the Bible, demons are all throughout the Bible. Jesus casting out demons on a regular basis. Matter of fact, there was so much demonic activity in the Bible when Jesus showed up that people thought Jesus brought the demons with him. But Jesus didn't bring the demons with him. The demons were so at peace in people that when Jesus showed up, they got agitated because they knew their end was near. So he didn't bring them. They just thought it manifested. Matter of fact, look in the book of Mark. There was a demon-possessed person sitting right in the church. So comfortable, but it didn't manifest till Jesus comes around. Remember that. Sometimes you go around folks, and they don't like you because of the Jesus in you and the demon in them. And they were fine until you showed up talking that old Jesus stuff. You know, they, were, they used to have something at Salisbury University called the Pagan Club. And they would just be as pagan as you want to. And so a couple of Christians went and sat there, just sat in the club. And after a while, people came up to them, didn't know, they didn't know anything about them, said, excuse me, can y'all leave? <laughs> We're having trouble enjoying ourselves today. So understand that the Jesus in you is strong. But, but there, is, there is this thing called the demonic that we need to talk about. I think a lot of people think it's not there. Um, and it's actually more practical than it is spooky. I'm going to show you. Look at John 6 and 63. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and are life. Jesus says, the words I've spoken to you are spirit and they are life. So a quick lesson for us. What are words? Words are nothing but thoughts being spoken. That too deep? Words are, not, words are thoughts being spoken right? Thoughts are words that aren't being spoken. We tracking? Real deep, right? Jesus says, my words are spirit. Words are thoughts being spoken. If Jesus said, my words are spirit, then what are thoughts? And if that thought isn't from the Holy Spirit, so a lot of people need to understand this. Demonic activity is in the thought life. Demonic activity, that's why he says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Are we getting this? It's not that thing's going to jump out your closet. It's that thing that's in your mind. The scripture says this, take every thought captive and make it subject to Christ. Why do you have to take that thought captive? Because it's alive. 
Did you ever think about that? Your thoughts are actually alive. So much more, right? Demonic thinking. So many people need to understand have embraced demonic thinking, right? Demonic thinking is this. Any thought that's opposite God's word. Here's one. I can't. Never going to happen for me. I'm not worth anything. I'm not even worth, my life's not even worth living. Suicidal thoughts are demonic thoughts. Depression is a demonic thought. Like any thought that's opposite the word, that is a demonic thought. And so many people have become at peace with those things. Remember when Jesus was saying how he was going to die. I'm going to die and then be resurrected three days later. And Peter pulls him aside and says, never, Lord. That will never happen to you. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. Why? Because he just said something that's going to happen. And Peter says, no, it's not going to happen. If you are a part of the I can't club, you have embraced demonic thinking. You know, one of the pet, the fan favorites is fear. The scripture says, God has not given you a spirit of fear. So there's a spirit of fear in you that God did not give you. Where is it living? You don't see fear, but you, you feel it. Right? Anything you can feel but you don't see is spiritual. You don't see depression, but you feel it. You don't see anger. You see the effects of anger. But you don't see anger itself. Why? Because the spirit. That's why it says we don't war against flesh and blood. We war against things that are in invisible places. You see the effects, but you don't really see the spirit. Are we getting this? And so understand, if God didn't give you a spirit of fear, but you have a spirit of fear, what kind of spirit is it? Unclean, impure spirit, also known as a demon. Sexual immoral thoughts. Not from the Holy Spirit. What spirit they come from? Y'all, this ain't even real deep, and I know sometimes we're like, oh, no, and, I'm, and I am the king. I am anti-kooky. You know, we ain't going to have no kooky stuff going on here. Ain't nobody going to be trying to, like, see gold dust falling. We ain't going to be suck, doing no graves. We ain't doing none of that crazy stuff. But we got to say what the Bible says. The demons didn't leave once Jesus resurrected. Matter of fact, he said this. This will be signs that will follow believers. In my name, you will cast out demons. Raise your hand if you're a believer. Well, why do you think he would give you the power to cast out demons if they're not here? We don't, all right? So the, so the first we got to understand what it is. And now, what caused the unclean spirit to leave? It says when the spirit comes out of a man. Let's look at Matthew 8 and 16. When evening came, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were ill. You see that? Jesus' words 
cast out unclean spirits. Jesus' word cast out unclean thoughts. Man, I, I love it, man, because the, the, the Bible says the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. The devil gets no glory if he don't tell you what he's doing. He's he going to tell you what he's doing and get you to do it anyway. Remember he told Job, he told, he told God, I'm going to get Job to deny you to your face. He's people right in front of you. They'll tell you this. You'll ride around today. Pay attention to it. The stores will tell you, we sell wine and hmm. You think they sell in the Holy Spirit? And those spirits affect your, and they put it right in front of you, and you say, that's all right, I'm free to drink. (laughs) Being unwise is not a sin, just unwise. It's telling you what it is, right? So the question is, this person, if it says, this person became empty because they must have heard or received God's word. That's the only thing that drives out the demons. It says demons don't cast out demons. So they heard or received God's word, right? So if they heard or received God's word and that made them clean, why is the person still empty? Remember the parable of the sower, Mark 4, 18 through 19. And others are the ones on whom seed was sown among the thorns. These are the ones who have heard the word. But the worries of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Have you ever paid attention to that in verse 19? It it made it very plain. The desire for other things. It didn't even get into what all those things are. A desire for other things that they found more palatable, that they found more exciting, that they found that they desired more than God. That other thing can be relationship. It could be your children. It could, man, it could be, it could be money, jobs. Come on. It could be your your phone, your social media. Come on. I want to read my word, but I got so much desire for other things. Come on, how many of y'all reading the scriptures with us, right? We should be in Jeremiah now. Now, come on, get honest. How often do you look at the scripture and your TV is like talking to you? Come turn me on just for a minute. And all of a sudden, there's a desire for other things. You're like, oh, no, I'm going to press through. I'm going to press through. And you ever find yourself trying to speed up to get through your chapters? <laughs> See, I'm just talking about from your humanity. Something inside of you wants to speed up, get through the chapters, because then you can get to the other things. Because I've been a good Christian, and now I can get to the other things. And we can spend hours with the other things. And you are what you eat. It says to the person who's full, even the honeycomb seems bitter. That I'm so full of other things that this word is just, oh, if it wasn't for this fast, I wouldn't be in this word. But I'm going to be a good Christian. I'm going to do my chapters. And then I'll feel free to get to my other things. So this person became empty by the word. But then the other things crowds the word out. 
And Jesus says, so then that demon says, I'm going to go back where I came from, but I ain't going by myself this time. I'm bringing my boys with me. And we're going to just set up shop here. And here's the messed up thing. It says the person is worse off than they were before because you can actually still think you're going all out for Jesus. And those bad habits have just set up shop. That, if that man, demonic thinking is worse than it ever is because now you got some justification for it. No, I dealt with that. No, I raised my hand. I said the prayer. I'm saved. So Jesus says... <laughs> This person is so filled with demonic thinking that they're worse off than they were before. That's not even an encouraging sermon. So I don't know. When I read the Bible, I read it for real. Like, that's not really an encouraging story. But you ever notice, man, sometimes when I read the Bible, I feel like Jesus, uh, he, could, he could have worked on some of the ends of some of his sermons. Because some of his sermons, like, you know, you ever read the Sermon on the Mount? Like, you see how he ended the Sermon on the Mount? He didn't end it with the good news of, hey, you know what I'm saying, the person that built on the rock, the storm came and they withstood the storm. No, he finished it with the person that built in the sand, the storm came and the house crashed with a mighty crash. <laughs> Dropped the mic and that's it. He didn't do like the, the church smooth landed, but I want you to know how much he loves you. He didn't even give you that. Come on. Did y'all read the end of Isaiah? Yeah. You see the mic drop at the end of Isaiah? I'm like, is that it? But I realized it's not Jesus that has the issue. It's me. Because there are certain things I want the word to say. And I want them to end it a certain way. And a lot of pastors, we feel obligated to pull up the plane, pull up, get a nice soft landing. Hey, but we're going to be all right, y'all. Rather than saying, I love how Pastor West's devotion was the other day. Y'all chew on that. <laughs> Mic drop. Amen. Right? Check out Jonah. Jonah goes to Nineveh. Here's the sermon he gave. In 40 days, God's going to wipe this place out. <laughs> and that was enough for the whole nation to repent. They even had the animals repenting. <laughs> Read it. So one day I'm going to have the guts to come in and just say, hey, y'all, repent or perish. <laughs> but here's the thing. This woman is so encouraged by what Jesus is teaching that she says, blessed are you and blessed is the woman who gave you birth and nurses you. So we know she's referring to Mary, the mother of Jesus, right? Mary is considered blessed among women. There are very few women in the Bible more famous and revered than Mary. Mary is so revered that in error, the church actually worships her and prays to her. That's error. But that's how revered she is, right? Look at Luke 14, Luke 1, 41 to 45. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she cried out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how has it happened to me that the mother of my Lord would come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby le leaped in my womb for joy. 
And blessed is he, she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what had been spoken to her by the Lord. Amen. Look at Luke 1, 46 to 49. And Mary said, My soul exalts the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For he has had regard for the humble state of his bond slave. For behold, from this time on, all generations will count me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me, and holy is his name. All generations from that time on will consider Mary blessed. Mary was blessed. But Jesus said, more blessed than Mary are those who hear God's word and obey it. Think about that, y'all. Mary said, from now on, every generation would consider her blessed. If you are a person who hear God's word and obey it, the minimum is from now on, every generation will consider you blessed. At the minimum, because he says, you're going to be more blessed than her. Look at Mary's last recorded words, John chapter 2, verse 5. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. These are the last recorded words of Mary. Best sermon ever. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. This is when Jesus is at the wedding. Mary wants him. Mary comes to Jesus. We're out of wine. I love Jesus had humanity and divinity. His humanity is woman. What's that got to do with me? And I know y'all felt like saying that to your mama sometime. <laughs> Don't do it. And she just didn't even pay attention. She knew the heart of her son. She said, whatever he tells you to do, do it. And all those servants did. They heard Mary's instruction, and therefore they listened to Jesus' instruction. And the result was they saw a true miracle. See, that's the real stuff. See, today, those who run church organizations, they love to manufacture stuff. They like, they manufacture a movement of God. They manufacture an encounter with God. They manufacture an, you know, an experience with God. And they'll, they'll put all this stuff together, right? They'll actually manipulate folks, get you emotional, and then they tell you what you're feeling. What you're feeling right there is the presence of God. Nobody in the Bible ever had to get told they were experiencing the presence of God. You know, oh, that must be it. Maybe that's why I'm crying. This is the presence of God. No, you can get the same thing at a concert. Truth. So, so understand what they're really telling you is, you know, we worked really hard to create this experience for you to make sure you feel good when you leave church. Right? And, and when you leave, you might feel a little bit better about your issues, but you got nothing solved. <laughs> that is not genuine. Man, look at Jeremiah. Y'all and Jeremiah with us, right? F Jeremiah 5, 30-31. A horrible and shocking thing has happened in this land. The prophets give false prophecies, and the priests rule with an iron hand. Worse yet, my people like it that way. But what will you do when the end comes? The only reason churches like that still exist is because the people love it that way. 
We have people who won't come here. And the reason is they said, because I'll feel convicted. Wow. Well, what are you getting over there? <laughs> right? Now, if that was the case, I'd never read my Bible. Because when I read my Bible, I get convicted. <laughs> right? So we need to understand that, that we live in a time when people are telling people what itching ears want to hear. And the people love it that way. Come in, entertain me, I'll pay you for the show. And we'll hit repeat next week. No. If you really want a real encounter with God, you really want a real experience with God, I'm going to give you three things you do. Number one, read or hear God's word. Because God's word will tell you where to find God. God's word will tell you where to find God. Hebrews 4, 12 to 13. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. God's word is alive and active. It cuts through the heart of the matter. God's word eliminates feeling, eliminates thoughts, and just gives the truth. You ever notice truth doesn't care about your feelings? Right? Oh, you're not sent truth. Somebody can tell someone the truth and they're like, oh, they're insensitive. It's the truth. Well, I didn't like how they said it. Was it true? No matter how they said it, we can always work on presentation. Was it true? And what are you going to do with that if it's true? Truth does not care about your feelings or your agenda. Are we getting this? Discipline yourself, y'all, to make God's word a daily necessity. Remember this, the scripture says that Jesus, who we are to model after, came full of grace and full of truth. He was full. He was the word. You need to be full of truth. God's word. Are you full of God's word? Come on, you know there's a difference between eating and being full. Are you full of God's word? Are you full of other things? So we got to make it, but now I got to make it a necessity to fill myself. You know, we buy into this. It's important to drink water. And now you see people making it a necessity to drink water, right? People even fighting over buying water bottles. Because <laughs> they bought into the necessity of drinking water. And you're like, well, this is going to help me force myself to drink water. Yeah, then you got to force yourself to get what's called the living water, which is God's word. More and more, right? So the next thing is, how do you read your Bible? A lot of people don't even know how to read the Bible. I always encourage you with this. If you've never read your, where to go with the Bible, study the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, because you're called a Christian, which is a follower of Christ. Jesus Christ, unfortunately, is the least preached person every week in churches. Because there's not a lot of wiggle room to make up stuff with Jesus. You can make up stuff with the other people. If you know Jesus... 
you will know the Old Testament because the Old Testament is all about Jesus. If you know Jesus, you'll know the rest of the New Testament because the rest of the New Testament is expanding on what Jesus taught. So, my, so whenever I read something in the Old Testament, I'm like, let me go back and see what Jesus said. Because remember, we're followers of Christ. Now, this is important. When you come to the Bible, come empty with no preconceived notions, no man-made slants. Come ready as if you're reading in a vacuum. Come ready to believe what you read. Do not come with what you already believe, and now when you read, you're going to filter it through that. Does that make sense? Too many people read what they already believe. Some things they believe are not true, but they're already going to filter it around it rather than just coming empty. Look, I'm going to give y'all a bunch of man-made terms. A lot of man-made terms in the church world. Once saved, always saved. That's a man-made term. You will not find that in your Bible. Lose salvation is a man-made term. That is not in your Bible. Reformed theology is a man-made term. That is not in your Bible. Pre-tribulation, post-tribulation, mid-tribulation, all man-made terms. They are not in your Bible. I remember the first, I told y'all this before. People came to me, hey, are, are you mid-trib? Are you post-trib? I thought they were saying trip. <laughs> I'm like, I'm a-trip. Like, hey, I, I'm not trying, I, I wanna, I'm taking a trip. I'm not talking about up mid. I was like, look, if Jesus coming back, I want to go the first time. <laughs> if you believe he's coming back twice, I want to go the first time. You believe he's coming back once, I'm trying to go the first time. I'm, so I don't know what kind of trip you're talking about. But <laughs> because I never saw that word in my Bible. See, nobody sat in a cave and read that with no other people around and said, you know what? Calvinism. <laughs> I, think, I think I just read Calvinism. Arminianism. Doctrine of sinless perfection. Doctrine of the depravity of man. Doctrine of predestination. Doctrine of the one. Oh, y'all know what that is. That God's got the one for you. That came from Greek mythology, y'all. In Greek mythology, every, in Greek, the Greeks believe everybody had double. When you were born, you had two heads, four arms, four legs, everything was double. And when they angered their God, he split them in half and put them on the opposite ends of the earth. And you spent the rest of your days wandering the earth looking for your other half or your soulmate. Soulmate is not a biblical word. It is a pagan term. And so many people, that's my soulmate. I'm waiting for God to tell me who to marry. God said you're better off single. Where was Jesus' soulmate? Where was the one? Oh, he was lacking. No, you just really like him. God told me that's my husband. You think he ugly? No, you just like him. I'd believe you if you said, oh, God told me I got to marry that ugly man. And I might be like, all right, then, then maybe that was the Lord. is the moment I chose my wife and she said yes she's the one are we getting this but so many people wrestle no I get people fight me on that no I was like okay give me a word because here everybody these phrases man made phrases sound real good but you wouldn't got you wouldn't have got those if you just sat in a cave and read the bible 
if you didn't talk to any other people, you wouldn't come out with those phrases. You heard some person say it. And when they made up the term, they made up all the meaning. Now, get me wrong. They got scriptures to go with the term. But so does their opposition. Right. And when they get termed scriptures that contradict, they be like, well, you got to go deeper into the... No, why can't I just read it in the word? Beware of the teachings of men. Amen. Let me help y'all with this. When you get yourself a Bible, a commentary is good, but a commentary is not Bible. That's right. a com- so the only reason you get a commentary is for historical facts. Once they got start saying, well, this means and that means, go back and look what church they're from. And you will find their slant. So when we make terms, we can make up words to go with the terms. So what people have done is we have studied men's teachings who said they did the research and came to these conclusions. But people, man, people think I'm crazy. They come up to me, so you believe, you believe once saved, always saved? I was like, nope. Ah, good, good. I'm like, well, I don't believe lose salvation either. What? Then what you believe? The word of God. Come on, you believe in mid-trip? No. Ah, okay, good. You're one of us. Like, nope. I believe what the word says. Because I just believe if I follow the word, I'll make it. I don't need these terms. So, but, so when you come to the Bible, you got to come empty. Get this, y'all. Bible must reveal Bible. Amen. Bible reveals Bible, not man. Are you getting that? So, so we have to understand there's two phrases that I'm very comfortable with when you become a Bible reader is this. The first we got to be comfortable with is the Bible says. Mm-hmm. So you got to become comfortable with that word. The Bible says. What does the Bible say? Well, I, I feel this. I feel like my marriage is this. What's the Bible say? Amen. I feel, what's the Bible say? I, see, I just became a Bible says person. And here's the other word I get really comfortable with. I don't know. There's plenty of things in this book that I don't know. And because so many people are afraid to say the phrase, I don't know, they do a very dangerous thing. Revelation says, do not add or take away from this book. So if you know, you bet to be sure. Me? I don't know. But here's what I do know. And I found when I ever run into something that I don't know, I said, man, I don't know. And then God shows me an answer in the word. Because he gives grace to the humble. We don't, no, y'all, let me help y'all with this. We're never called to be theologians. We're called to be disciples. So instead of trying to study it, and walk it out. <laughs> you really want revelation? Do what the word says and you'll get tons of revelation. He said this, my teach, he said this in um, Psalm 19. He said, Psalm 119, he said, my understanding has surpassed that of my teachers because I obey your word. They teach in the word, I'm obeying the word, and I surpass them. Wow. Wow. So we got to understand the next step is to do God's word. James 1, 22 to 25. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he, what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer 
who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. This is the person Jesus said is more blessed than Mary. More blessed than my mama. And she's blessed. Is this person who does God's word. When you do God's word, you see God because you're now looking in the right place. Understand this, when you obey God, the miracle often comes to you. John 14, he says, if you love me, obey my word and I will come to you and reveal myself to you. Man, you ain't got to chase Jesus down. You obey his word, he will come to you. And he will reveal himself in such a way to you that you won't need to tell anyone else to convince you that he's real. You will know that you know that he's real. When me and Shannon first got saved, we, man, we were in a, we a live-in situation. We gave up sex morality. Boom, we are not going to have sex outside of marriage anymore. We then got, the, man, I got, we, we start reading the word. I run into, and then I start in John. So, you know, then I get to Matthew. When I get to Matthew, I read the scripture about if you look at a woman to lust after her, you commit adultery in the heart. I was like, uh-oh. I said, Shannon, go get a marriage license. She said, when you want to get married? Friday. Kid you not. We got married that Friday. Then we went to church. And Jesus met us there. And that was the first time that I ever knew what the baptism of the Holy Spirit was. Nobody taught me. I don't even know if the church would have believed in it. We didn't even get to the word. He came to me because we decided to do right by God. When you do right by God, he will come to you. You got doubts? Do right by God. I guarantee you he will take care of those doubts but he will reveal himself on his terms, not your terms. That's why people are like, oh God, if you're real, strike me down. <laughs> Come on, y'all know little kids are not really smart, right? And so you don't listen to half the things your little kids say, like do this then if you love me, you're like, whatever. My terms, I'm gonna reveal myself to you on the other side of your obedience. So are we understanding this? So when we are taking in God's word and obeying God's word, this will also keep you filled with right thinking. Which is going to keep those other spirits out. Let me help you with the right thinking. The scripture says you have the mind of Christ, also known as the Holy Spirit. Why do you need the mind of Christ? So you can maintain right thinking. Come on, if, if that demon comes back to a house and it's full of the mind of Christ, it only sees a no vacancy sign. Let's go on over to somebody else who don't have the mind of Christ. And lastly, you got to take the word that you have and you got to share it with somebody else. Come on, if you want the real deal, come on, not, not when, when the music's not going and the lights aren't flashing, you really want an encounter with God? You take in God's word. You obey God's word. And then you go share with God's word. Because I guarantee you, when you share God's word, you know one thing you're going to do? You're going to be praying like crazy to ask God to go with you. See, a lot of, you know why we don't see a whole lot of miracles? Because the miracles in the scripture were designed to support you sharing God's word. 
if you're not sharing God's word, you don't need no miracles because you don't plan on doing nothing with it. You don't need something to make you feel good. Oh, I got my prayer language. <laughs> People, I got my prayer language. What you doing with it? Oh, nothing. Just feel like I'm part of the crew now. <laughs> I, I want to know what my spiritual gift is. For what? What you going to do with it? Who you going to bring to Christ? How many people are you trying to bring to Christ without knowing what your spiritual gift is? Well, none. So you think when you know what your spiritual gift is, something's going to kick in? That's what I do with missionaries. Hey, can you support me when I go over to Africa? How many people are you trying to reach on your block? Well, none. Oh, but you're going to get courage when you get over there. I'm going to save my money. Come to me when you witness into your block. And so the same thing, we got to understand, if you really want God's, you want to meet God, you want to encounter God, you want to live in that experience, be a share of God's word. Be a, I guarantee you. Man, if, if I said, hey, pick on somebody. Chris, you made eye contact. <laughs> I said, Chris, you're preaching up here next week. Would I have to call, would I have to convince you to pray? You'd be praying like crazy. The assignment would require prayer. So I wouldn't have to call a special prayer. I wouldn't have to tell Chris to fast. I guarantee you he'd be shutting stuff off. Shelly could be like, come on, honey, let's do Woman, I got to preach this week. See, the assignment requires you. He gives an assignment that requires you to require him. And it's his good pleasure to go with you to do the things he's called you to do. So a lot of times we're looking for miracles for the wrong reason. You have not because you ask not. When you ask, you ask with the wrong motives that you may spend it on yourselves. When you say, God, reveal yourself to me. Walk with me as I take your word and share it with somebody else. I always say this, if you pray, but you're not willing to share the gospel, you're a hypocrite. Because you're asking God to do something, but you're not willing to be part of the solution. The flip side, though, is you're going to go out there and share, but you're not praying, you're a lunatic. Because the enemy's going to hand you your lunch. So we're called to live the life, live a life where we're so dependent on God that He's our food. He meant He's what keeps us full. He's what keeps that house so full that the enemy doesn't have a place. Remember the woman at the well? Jesus goes to, to the well and he sits down because he's tired and he's hungry. The disciples go to town to get him some food. This woman shows up. Jesus shares the word with her. She walks away. The disciples come here, Master, we got you some food. Eat. He said, I just ate. they like, did somebody give him some food? He said, my food is to do the will of God. And he was full. Kingdom principle. If you just take, take, take in, you'll always stay empty. But if you take in and give out, you'll always be full.
That's the kingdom. Your food is to do the will of God. So church, discipline yourself to come to Jesus via God's word. And let his word be what shapes this. Let everything else be a lie. Come on. Why don't you break up with some of those friendships that keeps telling you what you're not. You're not enough. You're unattractive. That's not from your father. You're never going to make it. You're never, you can't get it right. Or you can't get somebody else. I'm not a success because I'm letting success be defined by what everybody else defines as success. Y'all, do you know if you have Jesus, it don't get more successful than that? And if something's telling you, yeah, I got Jesus, but the rest of that on the other side of that but is demonic thinking. I got Jesus. I got all I need. Anything else is icing on the cake. So, Take your thoughts captive today. And will you submit them to Christ? The altar is open where you can lay down that mindset. Present yourself as a living sacrifice. I'm laying down that mindset. And I'm committing myself to only believe what he says. I'm going to be a seeker of his word. I'm going to take in his word. I'm going to be a doer of his word. And I'm going to be a sharer. I will share his word. Everything he shows me, I'm going to be willing to share with somebody else. And I'm going to stay full. And I'm going to keep driving those demons out with the word. And when they come back, they're going to say a sign that says, fully occupied by the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, no vacancy. Lay down that mindset. Pick up the fresh mindset. And then take communion. Just saying, God, I'm giving up the lies for more of the truth. I'm giving up part of me and all of me so I can keep getting more of you. The altar's open, communion's available. Thank you for tuning into our sermon for this week. We hope you are blessed and encouraged by it. To learn more about New Creation Ministries, please check out our website at www.ncm.life.